Thanks so much again. Just to start, could you both introduce yourselves? I'm uh, Brian Michael Bendis, writer, comic creator. Yeah, and my name is Andre Lima Araujo, and I'm a comic creator as well. I am really like, I didn't have any expectations in, for this book coming. I got an email that said, you want to check it out? And I was like, sure, sounds cool to me. And it turned out to be <laughs> one of the like, Mo like one of the things I've been the most excited about reading recently and so I'm really excited to talk about it a little bit in your in your own words just briefly how how would you explain what phenomena is for the audience? well it's a story about uh, uh, a couple of characters we absolutely adore a young kid named Bolden and his uh, friend uh, Spike and they are trailing through this new world of phenomena. It's our world. Something's happened to it. It's very clear from page two. Uh, it, it's it's Earth. It's not apocalyptic. It's something else. Something else has happened. And with every page, we kind of slowly unfold what the world is like and what has become of it. And as we progress through this series of graphic novels, we will fully uh, explain all of that which we have seen. But uh, Spike and uh, Bolden are uh, come across uh, a Robin Hood kind of character named Matilda, a young girl who is a little more technologically advanced than everybody else running around. And uh, we find out this young woman is uh, stealing uh, and giving to the right people. And so the three of them end up teaming up for a grand adventure that takes us to one of the heights of the entire world of phenomena, the Golden City of Eyes. And there, it's, and there we find a world that has fallen and the true nature of our characters will be revealed as they come closer and closer to finding out what has happened. Oh my God. I, <laughs> this is the first time that I'm listening to Brian. <laughs> Explaining the story like this, and this is um, I I really want to read that book. <laughs> it sounded amazing. A well, a well practiced. But but I will say truthfully, that is just a part of the plot. The for yeah. me, the real invitation to phenomena is Andre and his voice as an artist, and the world that he has built around all of these ideas. Uh, that's really where it came from. Like it, you can't even describe the story of phenomena without describing like. It's Andre. It, it's and what happened was uh, Andre and I had been working uh, on some stuff at DC Comics. Uh, he was working with my friend Sam at first, and I saw his work. I was like, "Oh man, I really love it." And then we started working together. And as has happened to me in the past, I felt a very deep like feeling about the work. It, it just it, uh, on a, on a level it's hard to describe. And I, I reached out and started talking, and Andre showed me stuff that he's been building and working on and putting together and uh i looked at all of it and i was like you know i i like i like let's put it all together and make something very special out of it and we started talking about the hero's journey and our children and it was you know pandemic time so that was in in our heads as well and um but really we 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 worked on building this world that we we wanted to go to and, yeah, like, like Brian was saying, he, he made a great, um, like in terms of plot, a great um, synopsis, but it's also a really good uh, excuse for us to let ourselves go and really create something from that owes nothing to nothing. We are free to 
to create and that's the most incredible feeling really that you i think hopefully the readers will get from the book that you have two creators just going 100 percent on something new brian brings up how the art itself and the look of the world is a big part of what got you excited there's a kind of two styles that we see in the designs of especially the creatures in the world around them there's either like these very round large full of holes grotesque types of images or there's these like really spindly skeletal types of images and i'm just i'm curious what on a broader level makes for good creature and world design to you and and more specifically here just like where where does that come from why the design why why this style the thing about the designs which i think that makes our book especially interesting when you you want to to learn like how it was made and all that where the ideas came from so like brian was saying we we discussed it we discussed the idea of what we wanted to do and then what we did uh, that was different from how usually it goes is that instead of brian writing a plot and then me drawing characters from it we the other way around i started drawing stuff that um based on a couple of uh, lines that brian wrote like he wrote like a tagline and we had discussed like the tone of the book that we wanted like this adventurous type of book and then i decided i I, uh, we decided that uh, maybe i should take it and start drawing stuff and brian only asked if i remember correctly in the beginning he only asked for a boy and a creature to accompany him and that was it and like all this the other stuff i started drawing many characters and the connective tissue came from the idea and the tone so in a broad level and then from each drawing was generating the next one that's how it worked for me like i drew a cityscape and then it generated some characters that i also drew there i would then pull them up and draw characters and then those characters would form a bunch and then i, I would send all that stuff to brian sometimes i wrote notes sometimes i wrote nothing at all and then he would pick all that stuff up and he wrote um the entire plot based on that and it was incredible because on purpose he he all he held the plot he held the plot to to, next to his chest and i held the the stuff that i drew why close to my chest and i let him interpret my stuff and he did the other way around so what he got in the end is like I would send him, for example, one page with four characters that were not related. He would grab those characters and say, this is a group, and they are doing this, this, and this, and that. And I think that in the end, all of that imagination that we were both feeding on each other's um, work really worked on uh, on a spectacular way, I hope. Yeah, and what he's describing and what I, I discovered in the process uh, and is that you know, a, a script is really a series of like drawing prompts. It's like, and sometimes specific, sometimes, you know, spiritual, but they're like, they're, they're, they're prompts like here, what does this make you think of? You know, and it's not like here, draw this exactly the way I'm saying it. It's just like a monster in this in this scenario with this theme. I, I don't want to say anything more because you got it right. But, but like, yeah. I, I want, I want, I want you, I want as much freedom in your heart as possible. Right. We're, we're, we're actively working on the second book right now. So we're in it again, hardcore and it's happening again, exactly the same way. And it's delightful. Like it's, it's so what, so what we're describing is there's a drawing prompt that comes back to me as a writing prompt, which is collaboration but it's a little different than normal, even though there's been bits of this and almost everything I've ever done. I mean, like any script is trying to get someone to like 
feel empowered to do their best work. But this this one, because it was coming from deep inside Andre's well-designed soul, that I that it felt like that's we should start from there instead of starting from page one, panel one, you know. So yeah, and I and I think what you're, also what you're hearing is we're thrilled it worked out because it felt like it felt like you're like carrying a bunch of plates and like oh almost there almost there and now we have a book. Well, I was gonna I was you sort of alluded to this, but I was gonna ask like is this a a collaborative style that you've you've worked in before or is this is this something that kind of was new and natural to this process uniquely? Uh, well, for for me, and I've I, I think I've had a lot a lot of different kinds of collaborations, and one of the things that I, I I dive into is to find out well what's different, like what what can we do with this collaboration? What will I personally like? What can I get out of this, both like emotionally and spiritually, but like also like how can I be the smartest writer and give my collaborators what they need like like to do their best work or the work of their lives right and and sometimes it's been in a scenario like this where this is a this is a very very important project to us both emotionally but also just you know to have this book out there it is very important to us so you just want to find that space that allows for the best collaboration and so every one of them i kind of come in uh, and sometimes it's very clear like you lead the way. I want you to tell me what we're doing. Go. And 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 other people are like, I have a lot to say here before we start. And and just, just open up to every kind of collaboration. So th this was different. And Andre's very different from everyone I've worked with before. But at the same time, there's a lot of lessons I've learned on the way that got me here. So yeah, and it's also the type of the book I think that gives lends himself itself to to this type of work. Like the way that we are doing and the, the spirit of the story allows for it to be built like this. Because Brian, like this method makes his life much, much harder, I think, because he then has to work with all the stuff that I designed. Whether like if I go in a direction that we both don't like, obviously we we I wouldn't proceed, but even still, it's it would be much easier for him to just write a plot, you know, and then but no, we he, he allowed it to to grow this way. And I think that. It show, just shows for a writer like him to to have written so many comics to put himself in a position like this. I think it's a brave thing to do, and I, I, honestly, I think that it's um, it's when you get the best art is when we have our backs into a corner and we need to find a way out. We know with a bunch of pieces that we don't really know, like Brian was saying, if they are all going to fall in place. You need to trust yourself and trust someone like me. Who, and me and Brian, we had worked on five five pages together before starting this book. That was it. So like there's we a clicked, couple of covers in there too, but yeah, okay. yeah, <laughs> we clicked, I think, but it was yeah. a lot of trust from each other because we felt like we had something. And this was the first time that I worked blindly on designing something. Again, the book lent itself to it. With, uh, for example, my other book like uh, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance with Rick Remender, we. We carefully built the plot with that one. So there was a lot of writing and talking between me and him. I also drew the characters and drew a bunch of characters without that didn't have a name or anything like that so that he could use them. And he did that as well, but not to the extent that we did on this book. 
you kind of both touched on referring to this book as special and important, not just because it's a unique type of collaboration and, a, and it's a, it's an original creative story, but an emotional level to that uniqueness. What's made this a special project emotionally for you? It, it involves a lot of uh, emotions about our, our, our feelings about genre, our feelings about the worlds that we've like, that, that are part of like who we are, that like, it's a lot of like a lot of the pop culture that we've, we've taken in and what it's meant to us and it's evolving in front of us as we go. And uh, Andre and I were very, very interested in the fact that genre is kind of falling away as genres blend and blend and blend into each other. They, they, they disappear into something else. Uh, that's happened in my lifetime and I love it. I, I really like, I, I feel like, you know, I came in as a crime writer, you know, and there were very, very specific genres but we now live in a, a, a pop culture, particularly America, where everything like there's no like it's not it's 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 a murder mystery, but it's hilarious. You know, like, like there's a lot of bl blended um, uh, stuff, which I, I adore. And it and it, I feel like this is where we're headed. So to take these philosophies, these hoity-toity genre philosophies and apply them directly to something and putting it out there without a label. I mean, I know that you see fantasy attached to it, but it's really fantastical. It's, there's nothing like, I know what fantasy is to fantasy fans and, and that that's not really what this is, but it's fantastical in lieu of another label that you could give it. And I'm very excited that we're part of this movement of that, that, that there's a lot of creators right now who either are coming into the, into the space having no interest in anything that's come before or having ma major interest in what's coming before and building on it. And, you know, we definitely saw that not only in the art form, but in actual the, the, the business of comics has changed dramatically over the last few years. And to put something in the YA space that has grown so huge, but is also very different from those other books in the YA space. Uh, was very interesting to us. That was very, very interesting to us, both as parents and as creators. And so, yeah, so that that's part of that's part of it. I yeah, I think one one about. one of the most interesting things is that the end product was not entirely planned. It, it just happened to be like that. Like the fact that it, this can be described as a YA book is really. It ended up being that we didn't decide to, we didn't set out to do anything like this. We just felt the more we were drawing and developing, the more we started seeing that there were certain things that we needed to left out and others in. And then the end, the book ended up being like this. Now we have our tone completely defined, I think. But it's a, like Brian said, it's a pretty interesting mix of genres. And I, like labeling, I think it's a, it, it's a pretty interesting thing for me as an artist because people will see the book and they will tell me what they think it is and i had a fun conversation with a friend who saw the book and told me and i described the book i didn't say sci-fi in anywhere because i don't i never drew it like that and he just said so you don't think that this is sci-fi and i said no why do you think and he says yeah <laughs> completely. so it's a, one of the funniest parts for me i love it I love of that. delivering, yeah, of delivering a book to the world is just getting the people's reaction to to it and what they feel when they see it. Because I never thought of it as sci-fi, and neither did Brian. I think we just did this kind of fantastic thing, and other people describe it as fantasy. And I like, I like that. I like that it, it has its own, its own space. 
and I also find interesting what Brian was saying about not labeling the books. And I always feel that in America in particular, there is a huge tendency to always put a label on something. You need to know what the person is. You know, are you Portuguese? What's that? That's Latin? Or that is white? Are you white? <laughs> you know, things like that. And when it comes to books now, it's really all over the place. You will get everything everywhere. That's nice. And to actually, it's in one of my superpowers is I don't actually answer the question you asked, but to actually answer the question that you asked. It's a great uh, answer anyway. Uh, um, Andre and I, uh, uh, part, part of the excitement that, that I, I feel when looking at the book is that we were absolutely building a world that we wanted to be in, right? Yeah. Like that we haven't seen anywhere else, right? So we were totally building that. And in that world is a couple of ideas that really excite me. And the one uh, that you see right away is that like they, there doesn't seem to be any money. Like every, everyone's like their story is their currency, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we do already kind of live in a world of that. Like, like everyone, like everyone is their story. And like, well, wouldn't it be interesting if we took that further like that's the part everyone likes about each other like we all have a story that we share and and uh, get to, you know get to connect with each other and it's all this other stuff so putting that out there was very like could that work could could society sustain itself on its own on its own energy of story and so that that was really uh uh interesting to see if we can pull it off and now getting into the second volume that will be out next year we get to see that taken further, like what happens if? So the events that you see happening in the first uh, story, and uh, uh, the first book are, are a story of, of itself that will in itself change phenomena. And that is really exciting for us. I, it's, I, I, what, I got this book in the mail and I did not rush to pick it up. It doesn't, this doesn't tell you all that much just looking at it besides it's got cool art and an interesting looking sword dagger thing on the front. And I finished it over the weekend and was like, okay, actually this was like the thing I'm going to be the most excited about the next piece of for a while now. Uh, and I think you brought this up way at the beginning, but, a, and, and touched over the course of the conversation, a big part of, what makes the storytelling style unique and different than a lot of stuff in the genre in the just general what people are reading these days is that you don't really just you don't tell us much <laughs> from the beginning about anything you don't there's not much ex, there's not much exposition or explanation about the world there's like a few bits that will give you enough that you know the names of some things and people and if even and a lot from then on is really told visually if it's told at all and i one just admire the style of that but two I, i'm i'm curious how do you make a story that without telling people too much but that doesn't just become confusing because you don't know anything and and how do you how do you how do you do that because <laughs> it, well, it made sense well, by the end you know i i appreciate that and I'll, I'll let you know that that's the part that's the hardest and uh involves the most um it's sculpting you know it's like there there's uh, andre will tell you there's versions of it that were that were more like you know, you have that version, of like, let me tell you exactly what happened and how it, you know, and uh, prologue in a world, you know, I, it's just like, the, there's so many ways that 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 can happen. I, 
just my personal taste, both as as a storyteller, as, as a fellow storyteller, and uh, you know, someone who consumes a lot of uh, stuff. I I like when when the authors trust their audience. Like you'll you've got you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't worry. Don't. Or and I've been in I've been in quite a few rooms where there's panic. They're not going to get it unless we 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 spell it out like a fairy tale in the beginning. And I was like, oh, there's so many better ways to do right. to do that. To, it's to like just... a medium where it's not like you're not you're not telling instead of showing, but you're also not presuming that I'm going to get it either. You're not like you're not being like and and this is where you're supposed to understand or else like there's no moment of that either. But like the most important word in the first like 30 pages of the book is pomegranate. You say pomegranate, you go, oh, this is earth. Okay. Like that. So I don't need to tell, I don't need to say anything else because I don't want to say it right now. I don't want to tell you what happened. I just want you to know it's earth. And instead of showing you the Statue of Liberty upside down or like 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 I like what's the thing that would be in this child's little world that would be as big as that, right? And pomegranate. And it's just a good word. And so, but but that's uh but that that to me like is something I'll even say I'm like relieved that I got there on like just getting it down to one word of of exposition uh so we can just sit back and let Andre show us everything and also it's a it's a graphic novel with an enormous amount of detail in the artwork right and like both me and uh Andre grew up with Jeff Jaro's work and Mignola and like people like there's a lot of story going on in the artwork and you could just stop and look at it you know, like just because you're not reading words doesn't mean you're not being told story right and and so ha- having him open like you open up that first spread of the world you could spend 10 20 minutes there like and and i i've done that with comics i and, did i spent <laughs> but anyway so, so that, that's um the layout too really the layout of a lot of the pages really lends itself to that in a way that i don't feel like i've seen where most many of the pages are normal one page read from top to bottom but then there's a lot of pages that'll be laid across both pages and not in like a full two-page spread either like in this like read across two full pages so that there's just more space for detail and more space for visual storytelling there and i i've i don't know if i've seen that before and it was pretty cool yeah i think one one of the go ahead ahead. i know i just wanted to um touch on a point that you said which is I think that it really, I prefer it like this as well, when instead of saying, oh, this is a world that works like this, this, and this, and we put it that on the front of the, on the first page, you know, on a white text on a black background, and then you get to say, oh, so this is what happened to the world, and this is why it looks like this, and then you start reading with that information on your mind, but instead we are just uh, holding your hand, you know, we open the door, we push you to this world, and then we close the door, and then you're in, and then when you read through it you will you will build your own image of of what this world is like and i think that the clarity of the story and the beats and the characters that brian also fleshed out so well throughout those that dialogue that's only you know it's like a signature brian bandy's dialogue all that stuff just lends itself to to um to a clear plot you always know what's going on as a reader what's happening in terms of action and what the characters want and all of that and the world goes with it because it the plot is well crafted like that. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I I think one of the lessons I've learned uh, over the years is in, in collaboration, it's really it's knowing when to get the hell out of the way. Sometimes that is the the greatest thing you can do as a collaborator is just like clear the lane and uh, let them go. And uh, you see it in music, you see it in art, you see it, you see it in so many ways of collaboration. And this was one of those times. It was very very obvious, like when it was time for me to jibber jabber and when it was time for me to shut up <laughs> also also part of it is i mean and and also this went to the back and forth to what you said earlier that balance of what you tell and what you don't tell is that i am such a fan of andre's work that my my tendency is not to write anything just to like just don't put anything on there so it really got to how how little can i put put here and let the artwork do what it needs to do like in and that that was a great uh, exercise in like story puzzle making that I absolutely love and 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 also was taking me out of um I have some tricks that I have that I've developed over the years all writers who after after a while you got your little bag of tricks right and then you get completely annoyed by your bag of tricks and don't want to have anything to do with them <laughs> and uh and so I was so grateful for projects like this and like what I'm doing with Alex Malib right now where where it just uh, it, it forces me to toss my bag of tricks and get to like what I'm really trying to say here. Yeah. I mean, that lends perfectly to my last question. Like clearly this feels like a very art forward book. The dialogue or the, the narrative is pretty, pretty minimal as far as it could go and, and very, you know, intentional when it's there besides from how the plot is told primarily through the art and visualization a big thing that I took note of too is that the characterization is done really heavily through the art and through the visual side of it than, than, you know, trying to explain someone's backstory with words or trying to, you know, give them a bunch of witty dialogue that makes them explain, you know, what their personality is. To me, a lot of how we get to know these characters is through little visual moments that had me either laughing out loud or just like I love the, the like two or three times that it happens where there's a little heart next to Spike's face you know just these small the small things character wise that give them the personality and, and the depth that they have and and I'm curious I mean same same type of question is with regard to the plot but like you know in in developing new characters for a whole new world how do you make characters that are art first really in in this way well uh, if, if i can take this one first because i drew so right I drew, them, I drew those characters like like ryan said like we were trying to make some i was drawing something that i really wanted to draw for pages and pages on end and brian was doing the same thing with the writing and with the world building and all of that so like when i drew them some of them i was not entirely sure how they moved you know, like how they are, would animate themselves on the pages. And only after I got Brian's interpretation of the character, so like he saw them and he would pick them up and write dialogue for them and put them in some kind of situation, would I come up with uh, some of the movements and the powers that they have and all that. You know, some of that stuff was defined like it's a, a proper collaboration where I got the lead in terms of drawing them, but then like for Spike, for example, a lot of how he moves and how he, his faces and all that comes from the dialogue that Brian reason, which is it is my favorite character. And this dialogue for him is just like, it's, I love it. I love it dearly because it's really, 
it was almost like the character for me was only 50% done, or at least it changed 50% once, once I started reading, uh, writing, uh, I'm sorry, reading the dialogue that you wrote. That's one of the, that's a lot, of, that happened a lot through and through to many of the characters, particularly the more, the less human they get, you know, mm-hmm. the more informed they are by dialogue that Brian writes, because there is less reference for them. So that happened quite a lot. And that's the case for Spike, for example. Yeah, and, and for me, I, I, I tend to um, find someone or someones that I, I base the character on, and sometimes people close to me, sometimes people I don't know, but have a real co- connection to, like, and that's, that's that kind of starts the musicality of it, like, I, I, like, I know this person, right? It's down to, like, the breathing, and I, I know that sounds, like, weird, but, like, I literally, like, want to know, like, 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 like Bolden, <laughs> like you know, like and and Spike is like even that there, there's a musicality to it and that starts like a rhythm of how they communicate to each other, um, and you know there's a grand uh, tradition in all of storytelling of the odd couple you know on the road you know it's and it is one of my favorite things to do you, you know Monsters Inc like you could go to like so many different versions of you know monsters inc fargo the original fargo film where like you know steve buscemi won't stop talking the other guys like says two words the whole movie and there's the scariest thing you ever heard so um so th- that kind of dynamic uh, uh is delightful and uh, and and can bring a lot of lot of character reveal the person who's talking too much doesn't usually have that much to say the person that does that doesn't talk is holding a lot in Right. And as you find out and that starts like two mystery wheels. Right. And then as the as you progress, you find out more and more and more. And you do get the sense that either Spike is holding in some terrible tragedy or some or he's the most egoless hero who just doesn't want to talk about it. He's like one of those great soldiers who just came back. Yeah, that's that was then. I'm not talking about it. And uh, and and both things I find deeply captivating to write towards so so yeah it's, it's stuff like that it's just getting to really know the characters uh you know like literally like, like every texture of their of their being like what what they're what they're saying what they're not saying all of those things and then and then putting it there and then seeing how they interact with each other that that gets the good stuff and that now now you got matilda completely challenges everything they're doing and saying and that, you know, we meet them, we set up the rules and by page 13, we're like, nope, rules change. And that, that is, uh, yeah, you know, we've all met that person in our lives who shows up and no, that was your life. And now, now your life is like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, also because we're meeting these characters at a place where there's nothing but growth ahead of them. There's nothing but a journey of discovery. There's nothing but adventure. Uh, it's, uh, it's everywhere they go is something new for them. Um, you know, uh, it's funny, the one thing Abrams asked us for when uh, we signed on to do this, our editor said, you need a map. He goes, you don't need exposition, but you need a map. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I kind of felt like I was anti-map. Like I see maps everywhere. Like, uh, like, uh, and Andre was all in on the map. And, yeah. and, uh, and so what we did was, and if you, if you want to take a look at your book, you see that there's an opening map. Right. And that's what we want to tell you at the opening. And then at the end, it's the same map with all the stuff you've learned. 
like like some and throwaway dialogue and and mm -hmm. blah blah blah. They, they, like we told you a lot of stuff, and that kind of like sets look look. There's like twelve more places to go that we haven't even gone yet, and and I was so grateful for the prompt to make the map because it allowed us to really um, explore. No, we showed you a lot, like, like, like and and like and proof that we did, and then also says come with us for the next couple of journeys because we got we got some other places to take you. Yeah, it takes on the, the grand tradition of the old Japanese RPGs, you know, for video games. It's a, a lot of my drawings were informed by that and a lot of the vibe and tone and really opening the map and see all the stuff and then you start playing the video game and over here in the book is the same idea. Yeah. Well, this is awesome. The book is awesome. You're both awesome. Thanks. I, like I've said a few times, I am truly like very excited about where 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 we go from here, and I look forward to it for sure. Just to wrap up, if you want to let us know when and where folks can buy the book in the near future, where they can find you both and your work online and elsewhere. Well, the headline is that phenomena will be available everywhere books are sold on yeah. September thirteenth. Bookstores, Amazon, comic book stores, any anywhere you order your books, uh, pre-order. We always uh, recommend that you go to your favorite local mom and pop, uh, small independent bookstore and order from there because they always can use the help, but it is available everywhere. Um, you can find me on Substack, at Jinx World on Substack. Also, I have a series of books coming out at Dark Horse, including... Pearl, Joy Operations, uh, The Ones, and all my uh, archive of my uh, past stuff like Powers and Scarlet are all available through Dark Horse. Yeah, and me, you can find me also on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, Brian already made the announcement of uh, September 13th for our book, the launch date, get it everywhere. And uh, you can find me also on a Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, it's still coming out, last issue is coming out. We got the first volume out as well, 11 issues total, so go and find it. it's a completely different type of book but you know and but mostly just get phenomena but i will say if you get a chance and you want to pick up righteous thirst as well you really get to see two sides of an artist they're very oh, yeah. different books he was <laughs> they're made on top of each other and it blows me away and i was like half in the mix so i i can't wait for you guys to, to discover both at once it's kind of amazing thanks Awesome. All right. Many thanks again. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. I thank really you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm.